Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted to have you listening. I have a pretty fantastic special guest with me tonight. Crystal is here and she's going to share all of her uh, experience inside of our program, Reactive Redefined. And most importantly, we're going to talk about what we were talking about before. That's her favorite subject. We are going to talk all about your boy, Emilio. So do you want to introduce him to the world? Tell them size, (laughs) color, kind of describe what he looks like. So Emilio is a rescue, street rescue dog from Mexico. If you Google Mexican street dog, that's exactly who he like is. Exactly like him, yes. It, it really is. He's about 35 pounds, um, easy enough to pick up when I need to, right? Um, but super smart, uh, very feisty, I would say. And he's just, he's a love bug. And he has his little best friends in the neighborhood, um, which is fantastic because he is reactive. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, he's sweet. And he's kind of got like a little bit of that, like, um, like a little bit of like coarse fur. Like he, he looks like he's sleek coat, but he's just got like a little extra fuzz to him. Oh yeah. He, it's, it's a, it's a rough coat for sure. Um, he dries super quickly. I love it. it. Makes my life easy. Oh my God. Okay. And how old is he now? So he is um, going on about three and a half and I adopted him when he was about one and a half. So he was a COVID pup. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. tell everyone a little bit more about what some of the early early days with Emilio were like. So early days, I also, just from like reference, I didn't have um, experience working with a reactive dog. I don't think I had a full understanding of what that meant. Now I do, of course. Um, <laughs> and I've done a lot of pet sitting in my past. Um, that was like my college money, extra, you know, funds. So I was used to dogs that could be left alone, you know, were used to strangers coming over to take care of them. And then I got Emilio. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the first, I would say, few weeks, he was pretty mellow, Uh Again, he was just getting to know a new environment from his background. I found out that he had been bounced around between three foster homes. He had also been adopted out and then returned. I do not blame those people because now I know who he is, um, his behaviors, and it's not the right fit for everybody. And if you don't know that information, it's it can be scary. Um, so I started working with him as a foster dog just because I wasn't really given the resources needed. So I started doing research on how to handle that kind of behavior, um, trying my best. And I think it went pretty well, but there's a certain point where I needed some help, went to different, a couple different trainers. And I guess you would call them more of a, I don't, is it like a balanced trainer? You know, they do positive and negative, you know, it worked okay. But it just wasn't quite right for Emilio. I could tell that some of the techniques they wanted me to use actually caused a little bit more reactivity, like using the um, like a slip lead. So again, just trying to figure out what was working. 
what was not working. And um, it, it was a work in progress for the both of us. Okay. And it's like, I, I have so much respect for you and all of those people who are listening who like, you foster this dog and you're like, I need to know more. Like what's going on? Like we have to help him. We have to figure this out. And like, I just, I really admire the drive in that, right? Like the seeking out the knowledge, like there has to be help for us, right? Like there has to be a way that it can be easier for you. It can be easier for Emilio. Right. And like, you know, to your credit, you were doing a lot of things, right. A lot of things, right. When you came into the program and it was, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit more. Right. But I, I love the tenacity and like, cool, I've got this foster dog. He could be reactive. What do we do about this? Okay. So as far as the, like kind of the, the balance training approach, how did that feel? Like we were like distrusting <laughs> their judgment. Like, did you kind of have a gut feeling from the beginning? Yeah. I thought it was interesting because the when I first met Emilio, literally the first day when I went to go meet the foster rescue people, um, I just had, you can tell, he was so scared, uh, not quite cowering, but you could just see it in his eyes. And at one point, he started barking at something he was reacting to because we were like in front of a Petco, tons of people. Oh, my God. Right, like super easy environment for him to succeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the... um rescue group person like took his leash and just really forcefully took him up to what he was barking at and you know set him out and said no no and in my gut I just knew this is wrong like he is so scared and you're pulling him to what he is trying to get away from and I guess trying to correct his behavior so that was like one of my first little like this doesn't feel right in my gut but then, you know, being able to go home and separate myself from that and learn a bit and then going to the actual trainers that we went to, again, it just felt like it could work for maybe certain dogs. But one trainer uh, does large group trainings at, at one of our dog beaches, again, can work for certain dogs, just not good for Emilio. And I just, again, had that sense. Um, he's not ready. There's no way he can be amongst 20 dogs walking around in a group he's it's just not for him so we stopped going there (laughs) (laughs) although I did get good tips um and again and then this another trainer wanted me to use the slip lead trying to get him to walk around the neighborhood and that definitely made him more reactive i at the time, didn't quite trust um, putting him in a harness. I felt like that's going to give him more power to get all over the place. But I had actually listened to your podcast and found it just trying to get research reactivity, trying to find all the resources. And somebody, uh, one of their reactive dogs, you'd mentioned using a harness and giving them actually more freedom which I thought was crazy. <laughs> really, like, I did. What is this crazy girl talking about? Seriously? Yeah, like... I was like, that's crazy, but what do I have to lose? Let me try it. Like, I, I just trying to keep an open mind. And I did. I dropped the slip lead um, and tried to find different harnesses. Of course, what's the cutest harness? Um, <laughs> naturally. Naturally, there's so right? many colors. There's so many options these days. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find the right harness to fit to fit him and um I not that it worked of course he's still reactive but 
it didn't make him go like over threshold like the slippery did. Yeah. Right. right. It was okay. a, it was a big a big eye-opening light bulb moment for me that there are different ways to go about this. Right, right. And you know, I think that that's something that I I talk a lot about in conversations with like colleagues, right? When it comes to like the difference in training methods and stuff like that, right? And not all dogs find the slip lead, prong collars, e-collars as aversive as, as all dogs do, right? I still don't think we should use them, but there is a difference, right? In, in like the dog's perception of things. But for a dog like Amelia, who literally came from likely a free ranging community of dogs, right? That's where his genetics oh, yeah. came from. And then to bring him to this culture where now he's shocked, right? There's all these things going on. And then to put a slip lead on him and tell him, no, you can't have feelings. That's just like the ultimate betrayal, right? Like, no, that's not fair. We can't just tell you're not allowed to have feelings when like you probably came from a place where you could do whatever you wanted and now you're here and now you're not allowed to do these things. So, you know, I think that your perspective is, is just really beautiful, right? Because you didn't know, you didn't have like any skin in the game as far as training methods. You just saw what worked really, really well for Emilio. Right, right. Oh my God. Okay. So let's, let's talk just a little bit more about the specifics of Emilio's reactivity. Okay. So I feel like he's just reactive to everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The big one has been men, like hands down. He just is not trusting. And when I first got him, of course I didn't know. So walking down the street, if, if a man was, approaching us from the front that was a big deal he can sense them um if i if somebody was running a male that was yet like even a higher trigger if that man was running with dogs oh my gosh now we're even just doubling up so i started to get a sense of that so when i first got him he, it was like walking a 35 pound bowling ball being reactive and flying around like a kite when we saw a dog, it was less so with a smaller dog, but it was there. And so I would get a lot of um, nips from him, like redirecting. But I also knew, I just had that sense, he is just seeing red like a toddler. He just has no idea what's going on. I didn't blame him. Um, it wasn't comfortable. No. I, it, yeah, the little nips hurt. Um, they, they just do, they're still bites and it was embarrassing, but we know I have gotten over personally my embarrassment. I don't care anymore. I am here for Emilio. Um, but that's where we started and it, it was really tough because again, I was used to having dogs or taking care of dogs that just loved walks, loved to approach people, were super friendly with other dogs. And then I have Emilio and I don't know what to do. What a, and like, I mean, I, I mentioned culture shock for him. That's kind of like a, a little bit of a culture shock oh, for yeah. you, right? Like when you think you're bringing a dog into your life and your whole perception of dogs is like, you just walk them. You don't think twice about that. Right. You don't think twice about people coming over. Mm-hmm. You just like, you think that that's the norm, right? And then you get to this point where, and I'm sure there's probably a degree of like some compassion fatigue, right? Because like, obviously oh, you yes. feel for him, but your dog it's losing a lot. it and redirecting on you in public, physically and emotionally draining. Like, come yes. on, that sucks. Nobody wants that. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Oh my God. But Emilio is lucky because you are a very empathetic, compassionate human being. And you're like, all right, Emilio, how can I help you? Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, some of our initial training plans, right? So out on walks, particularly, I wanted to talk just a little bit about how you, um, you have very good clicker timing, right? And I saw that and I was like, cool, let's utilize that. And we really just kind of did a combination of different techniques to do some behavior modification, particularly around dogs. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So he's definitely more reactive towards larger dogs, which is like 90% of the neighborhood. Um, So now when I see a dog from a far distance, I'm trying to, what I actually learned from you is that the distance is a reward for Emilio. So it's not just the treat. Um, That is, that was a huge one for me too. So seeing what he's seeing, having my eyes on a swivel, using the clicker, it's all been really helpful. And Again, giving him that space when he needs it. Um, if I can pause and let that other dog walk by, perfect, beautiful. You know, I don't have to approach. I don't have to rush up and get there. So the, all of those little tips and techniques have been super helpful. And I've just noticed over, what is it, like 10 or 11 weeks now that his, although he does get reactive at times, um, the reactions are much smaller or he's not that he's waiting to pause, but he does kind of have a little pause there and he'll look at me sometimes. That was so exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like it's so now when he reacts, I'm like, whatever, he's just trying to be like, you know, big and bad, but it's not like I want to kill you like it was before. (laughs) Right. Like he, and I think that there was like a level of panic that was happening for him, right? Where he's like, okay, cool. I feel like this is my only option to get these dogs to go away from me right now. So I'm just going to go for it. And same thing with men, right? Same thing with things in motion, right? Like, and I think that it's, it's such a common misdiagnosis in reactive dogs, right? Um, That obviously the surface level behavior of lunging, barking, tornadoing, flying like a kite, Mm -hmm. like you said, redirecting on you. Well, those things can be overwhelming. We miss, sometimes we miss that under the surface, he's terrified, Yeah. (laughs) right? Like that's what's happening. Like he had no intention to harm you at all, right? He was just going to this level where he couldn't rein it in because he wasn't in control anymore. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And I think, I mean, to your credit, in addition to implementing a lot of the behavior modification techniques, you made a point to enrich his life by slowly building dogs into his circle. Oh yeah. He has his best friends. Like he just loves them. And surprising one of his best buddies is owned by my male friend, Mike. And Emilio loves Mike so much, like loves him. So I know he is capable of loving men. <laughs> right. It's just, he needs to build that trust. And I'm lucky to have that friend and support group that allows that because there's no way I'm going to just invite somebody over and say, here, meet Emilio. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I would even like that personally. Like, you know, maybe we have the same personality type, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, and I think too, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like 
him getting to spend time with dogs that he is really comfortable with. He enjoys their company. I think that that was a nice addition to a lot of the training that you're doing, right? Just because he's having more of those positive associations with dogs that he does like, he does like to spend time with, right? Right. So the contrast of seeing like big leash dogs is just a little bit different because, you know, when you're hanging out with your big dog friends that you like, that kind of helps soften the fear when it comes oh, to Oh, definitely. Dogs. Definitely. I wanted to just talk really quickly because this is something that comes up every session of Reactive Redefined, every single time is nemesis dogs, right? Or nemesis yes. neighbors. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so right. everyone listening, if your dog hates a particular neighbor dog or a particular neighbor, welcome to the club right? (laughs) Most of our dogs feel that (laughs) way, right? And there are, there's, there's a particular neighborhood nemesis. Is it two, three little dogs who are constantly barking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he has, and it's like, because, you know, you of course want to walk like a morning walk quickly in your neighborhood. Of course, there's the nemesis dog on all of our routes. There's at least one, but this particular house, they have two dogs that are actually larger than him that, are allowed to bark at their window and it's intense. So, you know, compassion, I feel compassion for you dogs at the window, but you're freaking Emilio out. And (laughs) like, so Emilio has had that practiced behavior of barking back and just the reactivity is they're bouncing off each other. So we've had a lot of practice now um, for the past few weeks and Emilio is not perfect, of course, but I'm again, just so happy that, he is himself practicing some control because he can, I can sense like he we're approaching the house and he might start to whine instead of immediately reacting. So we'll practice either pausing or there's a house right next door that has a little low, um, little low wall. So I'll have him jump up a couple times and just try to get that energy out before we actually cross in front of the house. So super excited about his progress. I can throw the treats down on the floor actually and have him do like a find it as we're like moving. And that was a tip that you gave me, just keep moving. Like we don't have to pause. We don't have to practice uh, training in front of his trigger. (laughs) Right. You can just hustle. Yes. (laughs) But it works. And all of those little tips and techniques I'm using out about just on our uh, like other walks and I feel more confident and like I don't know I guess my own control and I I can use it on the fly now because of course practice makes perfect so I've been practicing myself right the past 10 weeks and I'm just much more confident Right. That you have like the skills in those moments, right? Like it doesn't have to be a like freeze and like panic for a second. It can right. be a, like, cool. I can see what's happening and I know exactly what I need to do to pull this off with Amelia right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, over, over the last several weeks, just seeing the progression of the videos too, it's like, obviously the reactions are less, right? Like that's very evident. You can see it in the videos, but I think that additionally, his body language is significantly looser, right? Like he's doing more of like the tip tap, like happy trot next to you. Like you see me, mom, I'm doing awesome down here. Right. Like it's just that confidence that he's like exuding and just the, those, those disengagements, those, those moments where Emilio can be like, mom, (laughs) I need your support. And you can be like, yeah, dude, I got you. We can do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. And those are the moments when, like if I'm not paying attention, which of course happens because, you know, I'm not perfect. 
like I can tell him and go, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Emilio. Like if he does react, I'm like, that was my bad. You were waiting for me and I gave you no cues on what to do. So you took it upon yourself then to do what you used to do all the time. So um, my bad. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Oh my God. And it happens to all of us, right? Like, I mean, these moments happen to me with my dogs all the time where I'm just like, wow, I could have done a lot of things. Yeah, prevent exactly. everything that just happened, but I didn't. So here yeah. we are, right? Like it just happens. And you know, I I, I also want to give you some credit in in your your personal growth and letting go of what people think of you because that's a really really hard thing. And especially yeah. because like you had all that previous experience of like the great feeling of being out and walking with a dog that yeah. you don't have to worry about, right? Like you know yeah. how good that feels. Right. Oh, definitely. And to, like be on the flip side of that where you're out and this dog is freaking out and you're like, wow. And he's, <laughs> he's super cute attention. too. Yeah. So at first people are like, oh, I want to touch your dog because he's a little adorable thing. And, um, <laughs> it, when the reaction happens, it, it is embarrassing. Now I can shake it off, but, um, yeah. And he has, um, of course, like I said, nipped me, but he's nipped like my mom. He's nipped, um, friends so embarrassing uh but now again I'm a different person than I was then I know what Emilio needs and again my friends have all been so supportive and I know I don't have to be embarrassed because they've learned as well so much about dogs through Emilio right right and you know it's like I think it's such a good reminder of like how lucky we are to be surrounded by these like communities of people who are willing to learn and grow with you and Emilio, right? Like that's a beautiful gift, right? Instead of people just thinking like, well, he should do this, that, or that, the other thing. It's like, no, okay. Emilio is who he is and we can all modify and change just a little bit to make that more successful. Like, of course we would do that. We would do that with our children, right? Like, why wouldn't we do that with the dogs that we care for? Like we would a child, right? Right. Bringing them in. So, and you know, just so beautiful, right? Like, thank you family for taking it slow and being patient, right? Like I I can remember a time we fostered a dog called Spud and he nailed my dad bad, like bit him on the hand hand so bad. He was trying to get him in the car. You know, it was just like, the and my dad was just like, you know what? He didn't mean to it's okay. You know, like yeah, no grudges, beautiful. no, like, right. Like, and it, you know, it, it takes, it takes a certain level and caliber of person to do that. But when you're surrounded with a network of people like that, yeah. like, thank you community for, for rallying around Emilio so oh, that yeah. you could grow and not be so worried about it too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, I, I want to circle back because you were talking about the, the retaining wall right before the nemesis talk. Oh yeah. And the jumping up and like the getting off and yes. the jumping up and the getting off. And because I think that that speaks so beautifully to how we acknowledge specifically who Emilio is in this situation and realizing yeah. like that is a very stimulating thing for him, right? To like oh, approach yeah. these dogs, we're going to bark at him and we can use just this beautiful alternative behavior to serve the same function of like giving him an outlet for that surge of simulation. Right. right. Like, hey, you just want to jump up here and have some cookies instead? And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Right. Like, yeah. I think so, so, so often people want to resist like alternative mm-hmm. behaviors, right? Like, well, no, I just want the dog to not do something. Like, 
Okay. But yeah, that's really, really hard for the dog to understand. So what can we ask them to do? Right. And like, thank you neighbors retaining wall for just being in the perfect place to make it happen. (laughs) Well, like that was one of the other things that a previous uh, trainer had wanted us to do is to have Emilio like in a downstay while he's around his triggers. And while that may work for other dogs, it just is not the right technique for him he's just too pumped and amped up. Like there's just no way. So creating that movement and getting just just getting out of there, (laughs) that's what he needs. Right. Okay. So spoiler, a downstay is never going to solve your reactivity problems, everybody. So just so you know, spoiler, it's not going to, it's not going to solve any reactivity problems. But I think too, like, you know, when I gave you some feedback on the video of like, no, just literally move faster, right? Like just go faster. The body language was the best because Amelia was like, oh, thank God. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. let's just get out of here. Right? Yeah. Like, he was just like, that's exactly what I wanted, actually. And that made it so much easier just like without even doing any fancy behavior modification. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, cool. Great. I'm ready. And let's he's go. so excited. Like, of course, like he might be a little reactive, a little bark, bark here. But when we're out of that, his like little danger zone, it's, he is excited. He'll start barking because he's so excited. And then he shakes it off. And then we keep going. It's beautiful. Oh my God. Okay. So before you join Reactive Redefined, obviously you you knew him very well. Do you feel like you got more like body language insights into him through Reactive Redefined? Oh yeah. Hands down. Yes. Yes. On all of that. Um, I'm just more aware of where the behavior is coming from more than I'd ever been before. So I feel like I'm reading his feelings more than ever before. So it's, it just helps me then be proactive for him. So I don't think I had that level of um, just, I don't know, it's not companionship, but just being partners together. Like he was always my dog. I was always his owner, but now we are partners. Oh my God. And you two, you, you just move so beautifully together through the world, right? Like we all have our hiccups, but it's, I never tire of watching the progression of like the engagement and the connection and like what I label being in sync, right? Like yes. I never tire of seeing that grow, right? And like, ah, just Emilio's little ears forward and his like happy trots, like get out of here. That's what it's all about, right? right? Like that's what it's all about is empowering this little dog. Like, hey dude, I know you're having a lot of feelings, but we're going to do this instead. And him just being like, let's do it. All right. Yes. Yeah. He is enthusiastic. <laughs> so enthusiastic. Oh my God. Bless him. Bless him. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit more about having people into the home and also just reactivity at home, right? Because that's right. A, kind of another facet of the reactive behavior that you're seeing. Yes. So he is a COVID dog. So right? There were no visitors. I was not leaving the house and now I actually work from home. So I'm just always here, which is great. But Emilio hasn't had as many visitors. Um, so when we get a delivery, which is right, that's what we were doing during COVID. Yeah. So many deliveries. Like, it's like his reaction is like, I want to kill you. Whoever's approaching the door, you know, it just, it is what it was. Um, and I have a balcony. I live in a condo. So he would go out there and just want to attack you from the second floor. So that was a thing. Um, and then 
the moments or the times that we did have people over, we, as in me and Emilio, <laughs> it was, it, it was, I wouldn't say scary, but just, I was nervous because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle his behavior. So like I mentioned, he did nip one of my friends. So embarrassing. So it was just like, I can't, I can't have this. I can't have this at my house, but Emilio lives here now. So I'm just not going to have people over. Right. Right. But you know, I can't live my life this way. So what are we going to do? Um, so with your tips and actually watching videos of other people that you've helped out, like I'm taking a lot of, um, those cues on, you know, how do I handle this in the house? Um, we used to use a crate and I would put him in the crate. And if somebody was over, he would just go crazy. He just could not control himself, um, at all. So what I've done was, have the person at the front door, tell them, hold on, like, I'll get to you, load him up with Emilio's gear. I have a little muzzle for him, you know, have it in him leash. Then the person can come in and again, have the space that Emilio needs and then just load him up with treats, like as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's able to um, calm down. Like he still doesn't like to have a stranger in the house, but I can manage the behavior now. So again, I'm feeling so much more confident in, in just our progress to even get to today and then to where he can be. I think it's going to be amazing. Um, like I recently had a neighbor come over with her husband and the husband was super chill, just came in slowly, did everything that Emilio needed without even knowing that's what Emilio needed. Um, didn't try to touch him, which was great. Yes. Like minded his own business and Emilio <laughs> was able to mind his own business as well. I had him on leash and holding him the whole time, but it, I thought it was just a positive um, experience. And the more of those we have, the better. Yeah. And I think that the people coming to the home, right? Like definitely one that I knew you weren't ready for right away, but I kept pushing because I knew you had yes. the tools. <laughs> right. Right. And I don't push <laughs> if I think it's going to be too much for yeah. you or Amelia, right? Like I'm very yeah. cognizant of not doing that, but I knew that you had the tools and you were ready. And I think too, like so much like conventional wisdom, right? Like Google, what do you do if your dog reacts to people in the house? They're like, put right. them in the crate. And like, Sure, that works for some dogs, but that yeah. wasn't getting you any closer to where you wanted to go. And it was probably just like making it more stressful for both of you, right? Yeah. And because you have such good handling skills, you have such good mechanics. I was like, put this dog on a leash. You know what to do, right? Like, this is right. everything you've been doing outside. Now we're just going to do it inside. And that's yeah. okay, right? And we, you know, we kind of talked a little bit more of framing like those long term plans of like, Okay, people come in, you can do a little behavior modification session, and then Emilio can hang out happy as a clam on his patio, right? Because right. a lot of times he doesn't actually even want to interact. So it actually works out to your exactly. favor just to like prevent yeah. him from going over threshold, like, hey, these people are here, you don't have to interact with them. Mm -hmm. And like that's a totally sustainable solution. Yeah. And then I think also going to what you'd mentioned, like just not even being embarrassed anymore, like you know, this is my house, so we'll do what needs to happen in my house. And if he has to have his muzzle on, really, the friends don't care. Um, oh. Even if I'm having somebody like work on the house, which I've had, that guy didn't care. He could care less. All he wanted was to make sure that Amelia was secure and that everybody's safe. So 
that's just for me to remind myself, you know what, we're going to do what we need to do. And nobody seems to care. And especially Emilio, you, cause you <laughs> like you, cause he was pretty easy to condition to the muzzle, right? Cause he was already comfortable oh, yeah. in the muzzle when you joined, right? He was like, Oh, I wear this thing. Not a big deal. Yeah. He's totally fine, which is a blessing. Cause I do, you know, with the reactive group, I can see other people's struggles. So then I go, Oh my God, I'm so lucky that, you know, I don't have to work on this, but then getting tips from other people because we have the same issues. It's been very nice. Just having that perspective, right? And just like having kind of that fresh insight into like behaviors that maybe you, I don't want to say took for granted, but didn't like consider to be like a really great behavior you got for free. But then like just seeing the other teams and being like, ooh, that's one Emilio actually does really well. Like that perspective is nice because then there are some that you didn't get for free, right? And like are really hard, right? And we need to have that balance. We need to have that balance. And I think that that's, you know, obviously by design in the group calls, right? We start with wins and challenges on purpose, right? Because the more we practice that mindset, the easier it makes it to continue our journey with our reactive dogs. But, you know, I I love that perspective, right? In the group calls, just like, Okay, one thing you can feel lighter about because Emilio does really well and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not that I'm downplaying their struggles, but I am grateful. <laughs> oh my God, right? Because every, all the teams have different struggles. All yeah, of them have it's different been very struggles. interesting. Yeah, right. And like, you know, I think too, the group calls are fun because in our time together, I assign a lot of things for you to be working on. Right. But I try and keep it like reasonable, like things you have time to do. We can't get to everything. But the nice thing about the group calls is like, you get to see what other people are doing and maybe don't get to it right away, but you're like, you store that like, Oh, that is a behavior we could get to in the future. Right. And you have the course content and you have lifetime access to it. So you can just go back and revisit those videos when you need them. Exactly. It's it's nice for that inspiration when we need it too. Right. Because I feel like you and Amelia are at a point where you can add in new things, right? Like you're ready to layer in some new things, right? Right. right. Um, because not everybody gets there right away, but it's nice, mm-hmm. right? That uh, you have arrived, right? Like you are, you have all of That's the tools, how it feels. Yes. you have all the skills, right? And it doesn't mean that it's rainbows and puppies, right? Like sometimes yeah. it is still hard, but you have a very uh, sustainable life together now. Oh yeah. Like I know for sure, Emilio is going to be a lifelong learner, and we are going to continue with our training journey forever, but that's totally fine. Like, I know we can do it. And he loves it. Yeah. Right. Like he just really thrives in those training sessions and just working on those small things. Right. And like, yeah. what a fun way to engage him and work with him in that way. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk just a little bit more about the reactivity inside, because I think that that's okay. one yeah. that, you know, he came from Mexico. He came typically probably from a free roaming population. So it would be normal to display territorial behaviors, right? Like, and we, we had some conversations, right? After you uploaded some videos about did the reactivity inside need troubleshooting? Do you want to kind of just speak to like the insights I gave you and kind of where we got to with that? Yeah. So like something you'd mentioned was like, should Emilio have access to like the window, the balcony, And I was, I'm even, I'm like, oh, I don't want to take that away from him. But like, I I can see where having that free access when I'm not, like if I'm working, because he, like, there is a daily, it's not like 
all day, but there is a daily, he's going to go out and bark at something out on the balcony and I might not be able to catch it in time. So just having you give me even that little nugget to, to think over is really important. Like, what do I do? How do I handle this? You know, I don't know. Like, we'll see. It's like, I need to really think through these things, but I think that's, that's a, a big one for me. Um, but then also another one was when I'm getting a delivery that I know of, like I get groceries delivered sometimes, I know when that's going to come. So I can actually use that as a training session. And in the past, I was thinking, do I need to leash him? Like, what do I do? Um, but he's going to go crazy. But you told me, no, like actually let him go sniff at the door. That's what he wants to do. That's what he does as a dog. So using those behaviors that are just in him already, but I guess flipping them to a positive is what we're working on in the house. Yeah. And like, you know, there's, there's never one right answer, right? Because like in dog training, it's always like management first, management first. And we had this conversation of like, I don't think we're at a point where I want you to tell Emilio, he can't like sunbathe outside and watch the world go by. Right. Right. Like that's also his right, right. To have that access. Right. But there's also the flip side of like, if we do want to decrease some of the reacting, maybe we have to do a little bit of management. And that's not something that we came to like a definitive conclusion on. Right. It was kind of one of those that like, it's going to continue to evolve. You're there with him every day. And now you have the thought process of like, when you can decide whether you need to go management route or training route, but yeah, at the door, it's, you know, I think we all have this like, okay, we need to keep them away from the the door. We need to contain them. I'm like, yeah. I promise you that's going to make it worse for him. I promise you it's going to make it worse. So we, I literally, it was just like literally click when he is at the door, toss a treat away, tell him to go back to the door. And it's, it seems so damn counterintuitive. <laughs> I <but> know. It, <laughs> it so quickly de-escalates what's happening, mm-hmm. right? And you get to be hands off. I got to have yes. a, a clicker and some treats in your hands, right? Which, yes. I mean, from a personal standpoint, I would much rather go that route than like trying to like muscle the dog back, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, and you've told this, the group of us too, like sometimes you need to reward them with whatever their trigger is, if it's safe. And that's what we do actually with crows sometimes outside. Like he just hates the crows here. But when it's safe, I'll actually let him go and he'll chase them, bark them. And he is so stoked and happy. Like he returns quickly, actually, but also very happy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think that that's something that um, those of you listening who have heard the wild dog podcast episode, I talk about this a little bit more depth, but like when we're talking about dogs who come from like free roaming populations, their innate needs and desires, prey drive, territorial behavior, we're never going to get rid of them ever, Mm -hmm. right? So why bother working against them when we could just use them to our advantage and everyone could be happier, right? Like it's, it's such a simple concept, but I think society continues to condition us to this control, right? Like we got to control the dog. Yeah. I, 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 once you can let go of some of that control and see how you can utilize other things, it's just so beautiful. And God, so much easier too, right? Like <laughs> right. so much easier for everyone, right? Like, okay, you see crows, you can look at me. Amazing. Okay. Run over there. Okay, cool. You're right back. Great. Here we are. We can move on with our lives, right? Exactly. Like, that's a beautiful solution, right? That's yeah. fun, enjoyable, and gets to the desirable outcome. 
Yeah. I mean, I love to watch it too. It's, it cracks me up. So. <laughs> and let's be honest, those crows are way smarter than all these dogs. Oh are, yeah. Right? They antagonize them. Like I've seen them bounce from house to house as we're walking and they're, you know, crowing at him. So, you know, I don't mind when he gets to chase him every once in a while. I like fair enough, Emilio. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Oh my God. Okay. So how are you feeling about your future with Emilio now that you have almost completed Reactive Redefined? I feel just very excited about where we can go from here. Like sky's the limit type of thing. I know he's not going to be the dog I'm going to take to a coffee shop or whatever, you know, who needs that? Right. Not important. Not important. I just know that he's going to be happy and healthy with me and that I can handle the behaviors now. It's, it's just, everything's possible. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely is. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's the brilliance of training is that like, obviously you've put a lot of time and energy and you've seen a lot of progress, but then thinking like, it just gets to keep getting better. Exactly. He gets to learn more. You get to work better together over time. He gets to be more and more comfortable. Like it's a very good position to be in, right? Like, yeah, we're about to get to the glory years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I have worked him into our, like my personal circle. So that for me was a a huge win and probably like another light bulb moment that he doesn't need to be out and about with complete strangers, but as long as he's comfortable with the people I need him to be comfortable with, that's really all we need. And everything else is a bonus for us. Right. Right. And you were telling me too, that like your family is really your like immediate family, your mom and your dad have really taken to being a part of Amelia's life. Oh yeah. My mom um, wants to see him weekly. She's like, I haven't seen him. I'm like, what about me? <laughs> and <laughs> my dad's actually scared of dogs. So that was huge when my dad um, invited us over, like invited me over for a little get to the other gathering. And he goes, Oh, well, you know, Amelia's invited too. Like I was blown away and so happy. And Amelia did great at the house. I did, you know, brought all my training tools practiced all my little techniques there and he did great oh my god I love it and it's like you know you made it when the dog gets an official invite right (laughs) right right. we did it exactly (laughs) okay so crystal if you could give one two a few pieces of pieces of advice to maybe a reactive dog guardian who's listening right now who doesn't feel like they're ever going to get to where you are what would you tell them well first I would say You're never stuck. I think I felt stuck for a bit. Um, And I saw, I knew of Reactive Redefined. I had been listening to your podcast and I got to a point where I just, I just asked myself, well, what do I have to lose? Like, really, you don't. Like, I can tell you it's just been positive for me um, learning new techniques. So I would say go for it um, if you're, teetering on the edge. That's where I was. And I just pushed that button. And here I am today just with so much progress. So I would say, you know, go for it. And um, if you're embarrassed, like the way I used to be, don't be embarrassed. There is nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, You are doing the best that you can and mistakes that you've made in the past. That's where you can leave them. Like they're growing moments for you and your dog. 
and then leave them there. And like, that's actually something that I've learned from other people in the group, because we can see we are all making mistakes, but we are all moving forward and learning from them. Yeah. And I think the dogs are the ultimate gift and like the being present. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Emilio doesn't care about what happened yesterday, right? Like he cares that you're here with him right now. And what a gift, right? That they, exactly. they can remind us of what really matters, right? What's really important. And we yeah. can kind of just shed what doesn't really matter, yeah. i.e. people's opinions of our dog's behavior. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would guess I would say like in general, like ask for help. That's, I guess that's where I was. It's okay to ask for help and to need more help. If what you're doing today is not working, don't despair. Like just shift. Oh yeah. Try to find the the next path forward. Yeah. And you know, it's like, we have so many teams who come to us who have worked with a lot of trainers. Not all of them were bad. Not everything they learned was bad, but I think something that's very unique about us is that like, sure. We have like, a you know, certain behaviors that we, we teach to a lot of dogs, but we always acknowledge who you are and who Emilio is as individuals. And that's always what informs our training plan. always. Right. So I think that sometimes that's a perspective that you won't get, right. Unless you have professionals who've been at this for so long, who can offer those creative approaches. Exactly. Right. Right. Like who would have thought just walk faster could be your answer. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Crystal, thank you so much for joining me and being such a wonderful reactive dog guardian. You are welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.